Welcome to the Psychology of Case Management podcast, the show that helps you use psychological ideas to strengthen your relationship with your catastrophically injured clients and their professional network, so you can achieve more for your clients and feel more fulfilled in your role. Okay, thank you for joining us um, for today's podcast episode. Today we are going to be thinking a little bit around care teams and the challenges that care teams um, present at times to us as case managers. Um, we all know the, uh, we've all been there, I'm sure, in terms of the, the difficulties that managing people is, um, particularly in the care world, particularly in medico-legal work, when we are trying to maximize those outcomes for our clients in the best possible way. And we have to rely hugely on the right care team and ensuring that that care team is thriving and able to function so optimally, if you like, so that our clients end up achieving the goals that they need to achieve for their rehabilitation, and certainly in terms of settlement and and all the legal processes. So it just feels like it's a really important topic for us. And I know we've got various mechanisms that we try and use, and we know the importance of communication and supervision and things like that. But for me, I often wonder about kind of breaking that down a little bit and what makes a good care team? What, what is it about the sort of interactions or the dynamics between people that effectively contributes to a thriving care team? It isn't just something that immediately is formed. And as good as our recruitment might be and as much as you know people are still in their jobs it doesn't mean that we're getting the best out of everyone and there's nothing worse than having a really tricky care team for our clients I mean to live with that uh with with a care team that isn't uh you know enjoyable or it's not enjoyable being with them is is a real I wouldn't want to live with that and I certainly wouldn't want that for our clients so in thinking around dynamics and thinking about our case-managed care teams, perhaps we need to think about how to improve these outcomes for our clients by unpicking what we actually mean by the sort of underlying psychology, if you will. And who better to ask um, about this phenomenon than uh, our very own Dr. Stavros Ofnos. Dr. Stavros is a, uh, an associate at uh, PsychWorks associates and is a clinical psychologist and interestingly a PhD graduate who happens to have done a bit of research in this field. So here we have Dr. Orphanos joining us today. Welcome. Thanks for having me Shetnam. Yeah great it's brilliant to have you here. It's not usual to have a PhD graduate and a clinical psychology doctorate graduate um, to talk to. So maybe that's the best place to start with the PhD. It's the thing that you did first before your training. And so therefore, you know, I imagine it's something that you have an interest in. And I think I am right in understanding that you looked at how people interacted in a group setting, um, in a therapy group setting, um, and how that impacted on therapy outcomes. Is that roughly right? Yeah, yeah. (laughs) Maybe you should tell us. Thanks. Yeah, (laughs) thanks for the introduction. Um, Yeah, definitely. So, um, yeah, I did a I did a PhD prior to my clinical training, my clinical doctorate in psychology, in clinical mm. psychology. And the the focus of my PhD was very much on identifying and mm. linking group interactions and group experiences with outcomes. 
So I was very interested in measuring the stuff that happens between people and, and specifically in therapy groups and seeing if that stuff, that relational component, those interactions between people, if they are um, associated with outcomes. So if we can identify those interactions, does that mean can we predict how helpful the outcome of that group is going to be? Um, I was really interested in that question. And mm. yeah, uh, that was that was a research interest that kind of carried through to the research component of my uh, doctorate in clinical psychology. And mm. it's what I like to think about and do now, even in my sort of clinical work, I enjoy running groups. Yeah, okay. Because there's mass, there's mass application. Um, and I, we could talk until the cows come home about how we do that, certainly in a psychology setting. But for the purposes of this podcast, you talk about group processes. Now, to me and you, that probably means something very different to our audience, who are largely case managers and personal injury solicitors, who may not have a psychology training or background. So maybe, would it be all right to kind of bring you back to the basics? What do you mean by group processes? And, um, you know, what are they? And can you help us think a little bit about what what that would yeah what that would look like and maybe in an in an everyday sense perhaps so we can kind of think about that because it's a very to me it's a very intellectual term group interactions is essentially how how I would you know the phrase that I would use to uh kind of define what group dynamics are what group processes are mm-hmm. often those terms are used uh, interchangeably so yeah it's literally what happens between people really that's the stuff that happens between people. And when I ask people to think about group process, I literally just ask them, when was the last time you were in a group setting? Um, was that, I don't know, a, uh, I don't know, were you doing a group sports team? Were you in a classroom, in training, in a team meeting? Any sort of group setting where there are interactions between people. So basically, it's, it's something that happens between anyone any group of people that immediately come together and I suppose there's cohesion or not as the case may be um, and it's maybe something to do with identity as well then or not as the case may be yeah. is, is, is there a link with identity at all yeah so there, like, there are different levels to look at the group process you can look at more of a societal level or you can look at uh, a smaller level uh, where you're looking at groups of say between six and 10 people. And I think that's the area of, or the literature which I think applies to, to care teams um, or, or that's most relevant to case managers. And there is a really interesting literature um, on the types of interactions that happen between those sort of smaller groups, like the yeah. sort of size group you'd have with a care team. Yeah. And, and the group environment can often be defined as Uh, engagement so the degree to which members of the group are participating or engaged with each other conflict Mm. so that's the degree to which there's friction or anger between group members or avoidance and that's the degree to which members are sort of focused on a group leader or one person in the group rather than participating in the group or as a group as a whole so yeah those are kind of three components of sort of smaller groups group size that you would have in a care team mm. and that that's really interesting because that really resonates with me the kind of engagement I can think of 
a couple of examples where engagement is quite varied, where you have, I've, sometimes you can have people who are massively engaged and also almost dominating and those who are less engaged. So you get variations, obviously, and how that then changes how the team presents or how the group presents. It's an opportunity for their sort of particular personalities to to come through on that, which is, which makes it uh, you know quite difficult to think about how to work with such variation. But yeah, the idea of personality differences coming yes. into this. So it's, it's interesting you say that. So the makeup of the group can be sort of chiseled down to five things. Oh. You've got the structure of the group. So um, you know how often the group is meeting or at what level the meeting through what medium they're communicating um you've got the leader of a group so someone who's kind of coordinating the group you've got characteristics of people within the group so for example personality traits like you say you've got what the group is focused on so if it's a care team then maybe you're thinking about the um the client at, at the center of the care team and then you've got the group process which is the interactions between people and what I'm really interested in is of those five components, what is it about the interactions between people that matters? And I think that's mm. there's a lot of scope for case managers to optimize those group interactions to make sure mm. that ultimately the person at the center of the care team, the client, has the best experience or has the, you know, the best outcomes for them. Yeah, no, I can see that. And so effectively what you're saying is that group processes, group interactions have a massive relevance for us in case management for our our care teams, that it's not just something that happens to groups over there, but very much so under our very noses when we have care teams involved in our clients, of course. But having an understanding group processes helps us understand our team's behavior and decision making perhaps yes definitely interesting very interesting I guess I'm thinking then in terms of managing care teams which a lot of our audience members will be doing I know you've all you've talked about kind of what we can gain um, a little bit but I'm wondering what can we so what do we lose then by not thinking about our care teams in this way I think that's a really good question I think in any sort of group situation, the opportunity to optimize what, it, you know, so in this case, you know, in, the, in, the, in terms of the case manager, the opportunity to optimize the experience of the client could potentially be missed. And I think if I was to sort of flip that question on its side, so you sort of said, you know, what could be lost? I, I think there are practical things that case managers or any leader in a group could do to ensure mm. the optimal um, outcomes of a group. So would it be helpful if I answered the question in that way? Yeah, go for it. Absolutely. Okay. So I think what's really important is that case managers pay attention and really monitor the interactions between group members. And it can be hard to do that. And I think mm. there could be time pressures, financial pressures, where you might not want to focus on what's happening between members of the care team. But actually, the research suggests that if you invest the time and, and invest attention on what's happening between members, mm-hmm. then uh, you're you're, you're going to yeah you're going to benefit most in terms of whatever the focus of that group is. So in this case, focusing mm-hmm. on the, the care needs of the client. Mm-hmm. 
And I think there's three components of monitoring and uh, identifying group process. So the first component is is ensuring that members of the group are engaged with each other. So what what are the what are the members doing or what are the members saying that gives an indication that they like each other, that they know each other, and what can case managers do to draw out some of those commonalities to promote opportunities for members of the group to understand that what they're doing is the shared identity for the shared goal of supporting the client. Um, and that can sometimes get missed if there aren't opportunities for members within the care team to do that. But again, if you're kind of identifying, you're monitoring that, that group engagement, yeah, it's really important to give members of the care team the opportunity to do that. How might you do that? How might you get the care team to kind of be aware, like improve that awareness or develop that awareness? Um, so would supervision be a method mechanism? 100%, I think supervision. That's a really, I, I, I think team meetings, um, and even within supervision, within team meetings, you're, you're naming and you're labeling it. And sometimes as the, as the case manager, you could even draw out some of those commonalities. So one person might say, right, well, this is one component of what I'm doing in my care. Another mm-hmm. m- a member of the team might say, this is what I'm doing as my component of, of my care package and highlighting those shared components. Mm-hmm. So, so people feeling like they're doing you know, work as a silo could then be sort of the foundations or cracks for an unhelpful group process. So um, supervision, team meetings, checking in regular points of contact to highlight what members are doing is is all this this shared identity of looking after the the client at the centre of it. Yeah, brilliant. Thank you. So monitoring engagement is one thing. But beyond that, I think it's really important for for case managers or any, any group leader to uh, monitor where there are where there is conflict so noticing uh, is there a friction is an anger between group members are there situations where there is communication that's being missed or you know misunderstood um do members sort of seem distant or withdrawn from each other so in other words do the members of the care team you know are they are they sort of actively not engaged you might notice that through an absence of team meetings and absence of supervision and absence of opportunities to reflect on the group process. And then, then I think the third component of the group environment that you want to identify and monitor is avoidance as well. Um, are members, are you noticing that members of your group are appearing to do things in almost autopilot? Are they avoiding at lo- looking at important issues going on between themselves? Are they, you know, is there a sense that there isn't necessarily a conflict or there isn't necessarily an engagement, but members aren't, you know, working together. So I think those are sort of three areas for um, case managers to think about um, when they're monitoring and identifying the group process and sorts of questions they want to be asking themselves. For me, supervision is has to be a reflective process in order to help that idea of engagement and uh, conflict and avoidance, I think, are the three areas. To, to really help that become a, a sort of shared experience, if you like, mm-hmm. that there's, um, it, you know, it, it, supervision can can kind of be expressed in lots of different ways. But I feel like the reflective element will really help develop the idea of a, a sort of understanding one's role, not just experiencing the dynamics or the mm. interactions or the processes, that actually you are an active agent within that. And that then helps develop change I suppose for the better and helps certainly helps uh, ultimately a case manager 
to kind of move forward in a helpful way for the client ultimately. Yeah, definitely. So you've, you've, you've been really good about bringing kind of this very theoretical idea into sure. the, the sort of case management realm. And I'm thinking about being practical. I'm yeah. thinking about what practicalities in terms of the ideas that you've shared that case managers can kind of use in their sort of everyday uh, management of sure. the care teams in terms of the bigger picture to help even to think about how their role might might be able to include practically some of the ideas that you've shared today. Sure. I think if I was to have one takeaway word that um, case managers listening could potentially benefit from, it's, it's being proactive. Well, that's two words, but proactivity. <laughs> there you go, one word. Being proactive about uh, uh, identifying and monitoring group process. So, so what could someone do practically to be proactive um, around mm-hmm. engagement? So I guess we sort of discussed how, you know, regular team meetings and supervision are just, you know, two, two components. And I also think the second thing they could do, sort of linked to that, is is address this early on. So that's you know practically yeah. what you could do is address oh, it early on. Yeah. There's there's a huge literature um, that suggests that the environment of the group, even in the very first, you know, very first stages of that group, you know, the, the formation of a care team being put together, that is going to predict the success of that group at the end. Of the process even if people don't actually work together in a group way so for example it, you know it may not be a care home it you know a lot of our clients you know we are are at home and they've got one-to-one care would it still apply in though in that case that sense of there is a team theoretically um mm. but the, you know the practical elements and are, are not necessarily there in a everyday working working on the job every day but it is very much so um that identity is still there we're all working towards each other and there's of course elements of being together uh, yeah I don't think you know we're not s- talking about where people are necessarily in the same room at the same time I think yeah. case management a, a mm. central part of case management is managing a team of individuals yes they're individuals but they're also a team of individuals and mm. uh you know ensuring that there is an, an effective team component I think mm. is central to case management. And I think that's where, you know, all this sort of theoretical stuff around group process or group dynamic and around engagement, avoidance or conflict. I think that is where, you know, we, you know, that case managers can uh, can can think proactively about what they're doing to enhance the, the, the team component part. Um, whether that's Whether that's, you know, one member of the t- care team having one particular role, and then the next day, another member of the care team having another role. Everyone needs to be singing from the same hymn sheet. And so there needs to be that sense of engagement, even if it's not necessarily on the same day, but there needs to be um, a clear flow and a, de- yeah. a sense that everyone is working together, a sense that yeah. uh, members are looking at important issues for, for the client, a sense that what is ha- you know what, what they're doing, there's a sense of importance and an awareness and a participation. And so, yeah, I think a real sort of practical point as a, for, for case managers is to be proactive in enhancing that um, mm. and, and to do so early on. So to yeah. not necessarily wait for problems to come up, but to, yeah, to, like I say, implement team meetings, to implement, you know, open communication channels might not necessarily get used. But what is it that the case manager is doing to ensure that 
if it needs to be used, then then those communication channels are used. I think that, I think that's what's really important, and and that was and, that, and that's what links with the literature as well. Interesting, and it does make sense. I mean, intuitively, it's sort of I guess I get what you're saying, and it's something about prevention is better than cure in a way that you know in a crisis moment, if you know in in terms of care team management, you want to have all the tools available to you because and and that people know how to use those tools because in a crisis they need to just pick up those tools and run with them to solve the problem um and to ameliorate whatever crisis they're you know they're being faced with that's kind of how i visualize it in my head <laughs> i hope that sort of fits with what you were trying to say um yes, yeah and uh, you know so having those like having communication there having all of these different strategies in place are there to effectively enhance you know the experience of being in the team for that identity for that togetherness rather than kind of reacting to whatever comes up in a in a moment of crisis and thinking oh crap I've got no no tools I've got you know I haven't I haven't planned this well. On that note you sort of said you know where if you do if a case manager that does find themselves um, in a situation where they are being more reactive which is you know which is fair enough and and you know we're just thinking ideal scenario to be proactive but if you are someone that's listening and you are responding reactively then that's fine mm-hmm. too. I think what's okay. you know a practical takeaway tip for case managers is that working through ruptures is a kind of the psychology jargon term that we would use so working <laughs> yeah. through where there is friction or or, or or point of conflict that's okay and actually um there is a huge mm. amount of evidence to suggest that the most healthy groups in the end are the ones that have gone through some conflict or avoidance but are able to work through it so i think you know addressing conflict or addressing a, a friction is um and, and and as you would do in any sort of appropriate you know working environment through again supervision or through reflective practice or through team uh, team meetings um or through you know recruitment of a psychologist or involving someone else who has an expert in this area i mm. think that is what's really helpful as well so yeah not mm. to not not to be afraid if there is a reactive um response going on that's also completely fine yeah okay and something you said that made me think that actually as a case manager you are part of that group process of course aren't you you're not an agent on the side so sometimes it can be hard to navigate your way through that as a participant of that group and a manager of that group when things feel like it's hard to see the wood through the trees so your suggestion is that sometimes it can be helpful to bring someone in to support what's going on um, and to untangle it a little bit. Definitely. I think, um, yeah, so through my PhD, I was interested in identifying measures of, of, of group interactions, of group process. And so basically it's all about how you can, you know, bring something or someone in as a way of checking in how that's going. And you mm. can use things like questionnaires, you can use things like mm. checklists or, yeah, supervision or bringing in uh, a third party or someone else in it's really important to kind of be able to, you know, implement tools, strategies or people that allows you to have some distance. Yeah, super important. And I can see the relevance in that for sure. OK, so we've talked about an awful lot and lots of really helpful ideas. So thank you so much. I'm wondering if you if you had to sort of summarise everything that you've said into sort of a small meat package for our audience what would you what would you say as a take-home message overall um, from our time together I would say that 
the optimal experience of a care team that would, of course, promote optimal outcomes for both the uh, client or patient as well as members in the team. So people would want to stay and be part of the team is to promote a healthy group environment. So that means promoting engagement, trying to work through avoidance or conflict and to be proactive in doing that in the early stages. So when a team is being formed, when something, you know, when you're starting a piece of work. Excellent. Thank you. I mean, it's it's been so helpful to hear you talk and um, to almost validate that it isn't easy, effectively, um, to to think to manage teams, regardless of whether they're in the care world or not. But particularly in the work that we um, that we try and do as case managers. And to not be afraid. I think what I what I feel like you're saying is, is don't be afraid of problems when they arise, that this is all part of the learning process of that groupness, if you like, because actually what's at risk um, if we don't think about these things in advance or be proactive about them, but then also use in a reactive way things that aren't quite going according to plan and to, to kind of use them for the better or to, you know, to, to, to improve things is that ultimately the care needs of our clients are at risk to some degree because people aren't going to be working at their best. And we are so reliant on our care teams a lot of the time to support our clients that, of course, just like a child growing up um, and trying to, you know, to, to, you know, being the best that they can be, they do need a strong foundation. They need a solid parentage, you know, foundation and, and system around them to, to, to uh, appropriately push them and, to, to you know to be focused on them in the way that they need it it's no different for our clients ultimately and and I think you've given some really good helpful ideas and I, I guess maybe a sort of point for me is that it may not be uh, something that a case manager has to juggle alongside everything else that they are juggling that it may it may be helpful to to pull back a little bit stand back and, and ask someone for a bit of support in engaging with with these with this idea of thriving and identity and being able to to hold the team together for the for the benefits of the client, something for us to bear in mind in terms of litigation, in terms of deputies and funds. Uh, it sounds like there's a, a very much so an argument for it, and maybe us as case managers need to think uh, seriously about focusing on the how and and when to guide our interactions with our care teams and not just, you know, think about sort of the simplistic model, which is, I guess, care t- team meetings and, and supervision and kind of thinking that that's enough. Actually, it's far more complica- complex and complicated than that. Brilliant. Uh, Dr. Davros Orphanos, I have thoroughly enjoyed our time together. Thank you very much. Um, Thanks, for uh, Our pleasure. And, and thank you, everyone, for listening. And uh, we look forward to having you join us on the next podcast. Cheers for now. Bye-bye. Before you go, if you enjoyed the episode today, I'd really appreciate it if you could rate it on whatever platform you're listening on and share and like on your social media profiles. Word of mouth is the best way for us to grow and to be a continuous resource for all. And if there's any topic you wish for us to cover, please drop us a line on our website. Thank you so much for all your support. 